Good evening and you're welcome back to uh, the Women's National League podcast here on FinalWhistle.ie. My name, of course, is Brefney Early, or should I call myself Brefney? Please unmute yourself early. Uh, I think I gave Aaron the nod to do it for himself, though. Aaron Clark joins me again this week. Uh, welcome back to the show, Aaron. Yeah, thankfully it wasn't me this week. <laughs> That's all it's, I always me. it's always me. Um, in terms of the week, of course, we're only talking about the FAI Cup semi-finals at the weekend. Uh, two cracking games, maybe a bit of a surprise in possibly both of them. I know Shells got through, but it was a really impressive performance from Bohemians. We'll talk about that um, later on in the show. And also we'll be chatting uh, to uh, Mia Dodd later in the programme about uh, DLR's season so far and how they've been getting on. Uh, the other semi-final, of course, Athlone, surprising Wexford. Is it fair to say surprising anymore? I'm not quite sure with Athlone. I think they've uh, they've pretty much earned the right to be there or thereabouts there in the cup final. They'll face Shells in a couple of weeks' time. But we're going to kick off the show. We're going to get straight into it. And we're joined by the Treaty United manager, Don O'Reardon, who joins us now. Don, you're very, very welcome to the programme. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, so there is a little bit of a delay, so we're going to have to be a little patient with that if you're listening to us here on the show. But Don, I suppose, first things first, what have... Uh, your your second impressions, I suppose, of the league been with the first impressions of, of Treaty United after a previous spell with Galway. Um, what's been your 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 look at the season? Obviously, it hasn't gone fantastic for you in terms of results, but overall, your own thoughts uh, on the season so far? Yeah, um, the start of the season, pre-season, um, wasn't particularly good. There was a lot of antics going on in the club which uh, have since been sorted out and um you know i've got a, a very very young squad of players who are being given opportunities that probably normally they wouldn't be given um had we had a different balance in the squad but because the the girls that we you know there was girls obviously who left and went to other teams um that really affected us so we ended up you know we're a very very young squad i think the average age was something between 18 and 19. um we had we had a back four recently with uh two 16 year olds playing full backs an 18 year old and a 22 year old so the average age of the back four was 18. um and when we played against the likes of p mount and you're playing against uh, stephanie roach and Anya gorman um not trying to say they're old but they're experienced players who have been around for a long time um, and again, some of, some of the girls, as I said, Amy Madden, who was playing at, uh, at left back and um, again, would be 16 years of age. So um, just realistically, we, you know, it's been a tough one. There's no doubt. And unfortunately, or fortunately, or probably more fortunately, um, I feel the league is stronger now than it was back when I was with Galway. You know, I think there's a a lot of very very good players around um some very young players as well which is great to see but you know overall it's been a testing experience but as i say the, the day i stop enjoying it is is the is the day i pack in um but you know i have no ambitions to pack in at all i want to continue building this team um you know the, the club have talked about two to three year plan and they understand all the stuff that went on and they just you know, they just are proud of the girls, to be honest, because we went to Wexford the other week. We were one down after six minutes. You know, I'm looking at my watch anxiously and it's two minutes to half time and it's still one nil. And I'm thinking we'll get in here now and we'll 
have a good chat and then we conceded a goal at McCorner and a minute later we conceded another one. So we're 3-0 down at half time instead of being 1-0 down and we're away to Wexford who are top of the league and we're bottom. But we had a chat at half time and basically we said, look, can we keep a clean sheet in the second half? Can we go out there now and stop Wexford from scoring any more goals? You know, get a result in the sense that we're, you know, a draw in the second half of the game, which doesn't mean anything point-wise. But from our point of view, it was a fantastic performance. We got all the subs on. We had so many young players on the pitch. It was amazing. And we stopped them from scoring again, created one or two chances ourselves. And, and I just said to them afterwards, I was super proud. And that is, you know, a performance that we've got to build on. So this weekend, we're going to Sligo. Um, Sligo have lost eight of the last nine games, I think. So probably in a similar situation to ourselves. But again, it's, you know, Stevie's got a very good group of players there. Bit of experience as well. Um, so it'll be an interesting game. But, you know, we're looking forward to it. We had a great session last night. We're on again tomorrow. Uh, the game is on Sunday. So we're going to prepare well and, you know, see where it takes us. I think I said Breffney on this show after 3D played Shelburne in Talca Park that I was quite impressed with them, especially I think they conceded once in the second half and just the attitude and application from, from the players for me was probably one of the things that stood out. But Don, what's it like having to work with such a young group and a, and a, a very inexperienced group as well? Because you're having to mould these characters as well at this level. Yeah, you, you, you've got to be very careful, obviously, when they're so young and... You can't be critical very often because you can affect their performance levels, you can affect their confidence, etc. So it's got to be very constructive when you're talking to girls um, so that, you know, they realise that all you're trying to do is improve them. Um, but handling the younger players who, who've never been used to playing at this level, um, but they've had to this year, it's, it, it's been so different, you know, from, say, my days at, at Galway when we had a lot of experienced players that complemented the younger players back then. Um, but, you know, we've got Trish Fenley in goal, who, you know, is a, she's a she's obviously also a coach and she's a, she's a big influence. Ashley Hughes is my assistant and she's played, obviously, for years in the League of Ireland and, and knows some of these girls from us, you know, go before we come in here. So overall, it's been, as I said, it's been tough. It's been... But we, we really... You know, we, we can't, we, well, I can believe that these girls keep coming back week after week to training and week after week to games, and they know they're going to a game and they're starting second favourites. But we, you know, we do try to motivate them and build their confidence as much as possible. Um, and again, the day that they start maybe, you know, throwing the towel in would be the day I'd say, well, maybe I, I can't do any more. But when I see, as I said, the performances, like we say, even shells away when, it was an absolutely boiling day. We were struggling with, with substitutes. We didn't have many winners at all. And it was incredible, incredible performance by them in the second half, especially. And everyone fought to nail and, and and you know it was it was nice to walk away there with a hell's head high because we had achieved something again in that second half. But all you know, it's 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 um it's it's in, I just love going to training because you know last night we had we had um, we had a full squad almost a full squad there, um, and it was a you know it was a bit of mix of, of we had to do a little bit of physical stuff obviously you know because they had the weekend off, um, but everything that we did we the girls did it with quality, and um, you know we did we worked a lot on crossing and finishing and 
it went well and then we finished with a game where we had an outside channel where you could you know free up a player and they could cross him in um, and it was just really really good and you know we said to the girls we we've got to take this into the game on Sunday we've got to play with the same attitude with the same pace the same tempo um, and as I said I, I know they'll turn up I know they'll try their hearts out and if they can keep the quality you know they're working so hard to get the ball back and then just losing it because of the lack of concentration so we're still looking to improve um, again and again and as I said I, I, I have seen in the last 70 months these girls have definitely improved and I'm hoping they're going to show it on, on Sunday you talked about the, the youth of the squad and I've been very impressed by some of those players that have been coming through and they're, they're in Irish international squads but they've been really stepping up uh, to the National League level. Amy Madden in particular, you mentioned her, is one that's impressed me. She's played between, I suppose, full-back and a bit in central midfield maybe earlier in the year as well. Um, she's out injured at the moment. How much of a loss is her, despite her young years, uh, is having that bit of quality, maybe that, that energy coming in? Um, how much of a loss has that been to you? Yeah, we, we I mean, we've lost, obviously, we've lost... Um... Heidi O'Sullivan as well, who you know is a is a, a big player for us, and um, she had a shoulder injury which has kept her out. Um, and Amy, you know, it was it was a, just an unfortunate challenge against Wexford, and you know the kid was in bits, and she you know she comes to train, and she went down to Wexford last week with her mum on the bus, which was fantastic, um, and they wanted to just you know to thank the people of Wexford who. Who on the day of the injury you know the players were very very good talking to her and encouraging her which you know the mum appreciated immensely um but she is a huge loss as is heidi um obviously we lost Ma michaela as well to wexford which was a you know she's a fine she's a really fine player and and um you know it's a shame that she you know she's decided to go there but you, you've got to respect players um you know what their what their aims and their goals are um, but look, we we have a lot of very good young players who are getting better and better. And you know, we were talking the other day, myself and Ash, about what would these girls be like in three, four years' time? You know, if they're showing this promise now, um, because we did see girls like Ashley Meany develop in, in Galway into a, Ellie as well, um, two great players back then um, who really came out of nowhere and. I, I expect similar sort of results from many of these girls that we've got in our squad now. So, you know, as I said, if we can if we can keep these girls and add some other girls that are out there who can bring in, it'd be fantastic if we could bring a couple of experienced heads in who would lead by example as well, because I think this is something the girls are lacking. Um, you know, somebody with an old head who could who could tell them which way, you know, to play, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, the captain, Jess Mendes, she's, I think she's 20 now, just, you know, she, she was a teenager, obviously, up to recently. Um, you know, she's a rock. She's been absolutely brilliant as well, um, working on, you know, the girls, on, on the um, the friendship, you know, building that rapport between each other um, and generally just, you know, leading up by example on the pitch, which is great as well. So her sister, Alex, has been playing particularly well. She's played a lot of games recently. Um, you know, and again, that's another one who will be is going to be a star in this league and in seasons to come. But as I said, there's a list of them that I could name, um, and I really, really believe in these girls. You know, because they just come back for more every time. They they want to learn, they want to listen and learn, um, and hopefully, as I said, 
results will reflect that, whether it's this season or next season or the season after. You know, I look at Atlone, for instance, and I see they didn't really do particularly well last year. But somebody asked me, someone from the FAI asked me early in the season, very early in the season, who who do you think, you know, was a good team or who are the good teams? And I said, Atlone. I said, they're absolutely, you know, such a great outfit. They work so hard for each other. They keep it simple. They pass, you know, you know they, they, they do move it quickly and they've got some great players to score goals. The kind of, you know, the kind of um, attributes you want in your own squad. Um, and I, I believe that, you know, it's taken them a period of time to achieve what they have. And it's going to take us a similar length of time. Um, and I, I really believe that these girls can do it. You must be reading my mind because you've just literally robbed my next question, which was going to ask you about taking inspiration from the likes of Athlone and Bowes. But Don, talk to us a little bit about taking the 3D job. What was it at the start of the season that, that picked your fancy? Because obviously, while at Galway, you, you didn't win trophies, but you definitely made a massive stride with Galway. What was it that, that attracted you to 3 Um, I had a call, you know, I mean, I, got, I had a call from Ashton Hughes who was talking to one or two people in the club and uh, before Christmas like maybe could have been November as early as November last year and um, you know I'm, I'm coaching regularly here in Galway as well with Marilyn Woods our, our club here in, in the in Dukhishka which is the east side of the city and um, you know fairly committed to that now and I was previously with uh, Mine Villa and another club not far from here and so I was fairly full out, you know, going, coaching literally every day of the week. And um, this opportunity came up and I kind of said no, um, because I, you know, the first thing I thought of was the journey um, from Galway to, to Limerick. But then um, I then said, look, tell you what, guys, you know, see how it goes. And they had, they had seven interviewees, apparently. So I said, see how it goes. Um, hopefully someone will turn up for you and uh, if you don't let me know um, sure enough at the beginning of January maybe the end of December I had a call and they uh, they said Don look we're struggling can we can we talk to you um, at that stage I said yeah no problem then I kind of looked at the fixture list and I realised why the other seven probably didn't want the job <laughs> I think we had three games away in Dublin in the first four weeks, which was incredible, or three away games anyway. But anyway, um, yeah, I, you know, I said, we had chats to different people, had chats with me on, online, and, and uh, basically, I just fancied being back in the League of Ireland, and, and at that stage, I didn't realise, you know, how young and probably weak the squad was, um, but I, I agreed to it. And there was a lot of things, as I said, that went on that were not were not particularly nice. I won't go into right now. Um, but in general, I just wanted to work with players who wanted to be in the club and playing for Treaty. Different people were coming and saying, "Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, because of what happened last year, I'm not staying." And blah blah blah. And it's difficult for me to stop them because they didn't really know me because again they were so young. Um, but look. I, I decided I decided to take it. I said no problem. I realised when I looked at Google Maps, it wasn't perhaps as far as I thought. Um, but saying that, I've recently moved <laughs> about eight minutes only away, further away. But like it's only eight minutes. So you know, we came home last night to this house. This is where we moved on Monday, and and it was only like literally five minutes difference to normal the normal journey. So 
I just, as I said, I, I, I love the buzz of, of playing in the, you know, having a team playing in the League of Ireland. And, you know, as I said at the very beginning, I'm so proud of these girls because a team that keeps getting hammered, not hammered, but keeps getting beaten every week, um, you know, you'd imagine that people would walk away, they would say, sorry, I've had enough. But, you know, we've not had that. We, we've had a regular group of girls who've stuck together. Um, and again, you know, they have ambitions to, to play better next season and be better next season and hopefully, you know, uh, play with more experienced players. Um, so, yeah, like no regrets, sincerely, no regrets taking the job because it has been probably the biggest challenge of my career. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not one to throw, throw the towel in. Um, I, I've had one or two managers recently saying, like, you know, fair play to you for sticking with it. But as I said, when, when you see these girls train like they do and play like they do, um, it's, it's unfortunate we've not had a win and the only point we've taken was against Sligo at home and I think we hit the bar and the post three times that day which Steve Feeney was, must have had shamrocks in his pocket or something but um, you know we look at their results and now we're thinking have we got a chance on Sunday? Maybe, maybe we've had you know a tight game at the beginning we took the lead against them the last time which is another first so um, or the time the very first time so we'll see Um but I want to, you know, I want to try and finish the season strong. Um, our last game is against Cork at home, which is a local derby, as you know. Um, we didn't turn up for the last one. We played well down in Cork, but um, this is a game again. Well, I mean, we're not going to talk about that now, now because I tell my girls it's one game at a time. So we're just focused on on that game. But like, if we again can, by any way means, get a point or get two, three points, you know between now and the end of the season, it would be a fantastic achievement. And that's our goal. Um, and we start in Sligo on, on Sunday. You've kind of preempted my next question as well to you, Don. But I suppose finally, um, you already touched on, on the game at the weekend, which I was going to ask you about. But I suppose looking to the bigger picture um, for next season and beyond, I suppose the first part of my question is, will Don O'Reardon be in the dugout in, in treaty next year? And secondly, uh, if you are, how do you stop that drain of players to other clubs in the league uh, that yeah. has been evident over last winter particularly but also the likes of Michaela moving to to Wexford in in, in July yeah look there's 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 girls in, in Galway obviously there's girls in Wexford there's girls in Cork who have left and I think if you put them all together you probably have a very very good team um but this is football you know and and again it's it's I spoke to the, the, you know, the chairman and the and the board at the beginning of the season, and we talked about, you know, this is not, this is not a six month plan. This is a two to three year plan. They're, they they want, you know, somebody to come in and, and settle the squad as it was and try to try to get some organisation into the into the group. Um, and and that's what you're hoping, you know, you hope that the, the players out there who who maybe left or even players we might target from other teams who can see that we're trying to do everything as professionally as possible. And, and we can actually improve as well on that, I believe, um, going forward. You know, we've got a very small uh, staff number at the moment. We've got a great physio and Rob, a goalkeeping coach and Johnny. Ashling is my assistant and myself. That's all we've got, you know. I mean, we played, um, who was it, Shells, I think it was a few weeks ago. And, you know, they, they seem to have more staff than we had players. It was unbelievable. Um, and I think P-Mount was the same, you know, someone said to, there was a woman trying to get onto the pitch to walk across to the dugout, you know, and uh, Mike Brownsman was saying, excuse me, who are you? 
and she says, I'm the kit woman. And I say, kit woman, is there such a thing? Because we don't have one. Um, but these are things that we can improve on for next season. And, you know, I, I certainly, I would, I would love the opportunity to take this team further. Um, I feel there's a, there's a lot of potential, as I said. Um, and if we can attract um, a lot of players who, who have more experience than the players we've got now, um, that would be absolutely fantastic. And, you know, you've got to talk to these players and sell it to them. And um, players, I don't want to name names, but, you know, some fantastic players in Galway who are from Limerick, um, who, I, who I'd obviously love to see or love to get a chance to talk to at some stage going forward. Um, to to try and bring them back and, and make the team very very proud. So time will tell. We'll just have to wait and see. But um, it'll be you know if the chairman turns around and says Don, thanks very much. Good luck, bye. Fair enough. And if the chairman turns around and says Don, we want to go another year, which you are two years. Well then you know the same things apply. Um, I just try to be as professional as as I can be. I work my socks off. I travel up and down. It's huge mileage. I. I lost one car, you know, it died on me one night on the way down to Limerick. I think that was the only session I've missed all season. But, um, you know, we've, we've reinvested, we've got a better car and it's, it's, it's very, very smooth. So, um, you know, the journeys up and down are, are just very, very easy now because we're in a great car. But um, that helps me prepare, obviously, for training sessions and games. And, but uh, we're certainly, you know, doing a lot of mileage and... Um, um, as I said, I, it doesn't put me off. The journey doesn't put me off. I travel with my wife on Fong to every every training session, both here in Galway and in, in Limerick, and every away game and home game. She's with me side by my side. So, you know, she's a huge influence and a huge help and uh, keeps me sane, as they say. So um, we'll see what happens. But like, as I said, I would I would certainly be willing to go again. No problem. Bethany, just, Bethany just before you do let him go, uh, Don, just want to say congratulations on receiving the 100-year celebration medal from the FAI for your contribution to football. It's a great thank achievement. You. Yeah, thank you very much. I, I was thrilled. It was something that, you know, I was I was awarded a while back and I was supposed to go to the game against Belgium men um, in the Aviva to receive it. But that was the day we were playing the last game, uh, not the last game, the game before the first wedge with away game. And there was no way I was going to make the match because you know the game was in the afternoon and we had to we had to draw you know have a racing car to get up to Dublin to have any chance. So due the week, as I said, I went to the the game against Finland to see Ireland, which was great result and great performance. Um, and the chairman uh, presented it to me just in the corner, quite you know nothing nothing uh, flash about it. It was but it was great. I know Jerry quite well and um i was absolutely thrilled to get it you know somebody was saying they didn't they didn't think i looked 100 you know to get a, <laughs> a medal i said no it wasn't a birthday it was an actual award but yeah I, it was look i've had an amazing response online for that the number of people who replied um, and thanks lads for that gesture as well because yeah i'm very proud i really am because you know i i've been in the game 50 years as a professional now and um i don't feel tired i don't feel down i feel as, as good now as I did 10, 20 years ago. So, as I said, there's a few few more seasons left of me yet, I think. So, um, we might talk again next season. I'll do well. Absolutely. Well, listen, on that note, because if you keep talking, you'll end up in trouble again. I already foresee a certain B clear. He's going to be on my messages when you leave. From Galway. Uh, Don, listen, thanks very much uh, for joining us. A pleasure. The best luck for the rest of the season. And uh, 
hopefully from someone from the northwest who's been involved with Sligo before. I hope it doesn't come on Sunday, but uh, either way, I'm sure there's a, another couple of points on the league table for you before the end of the season. Thanks very much. Please go. Please go. Thanks, lads. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having Thanks, me. Um, yeah, what a what a legend. Um, I, I hadn't really researched his, his background uh, before we, we sat down to talk to him tonight, but I knew he was involved in the League of Ireland with Sligo and Galway and he played a bit uh, in England. I played a bit, a couple of hundred games, that's all, you know, only a, only a handful here or there, um, but also involved heavily in international women's football. He was on the coaching staff of both South Africa and China. Um, huge, huge calibre of, of experience to come into the league. It's it's one Braffian start here that I said when... When I heard his announcement, I said, great appointment for the fact that he's someone who can go in and work with kids, work with players, and actually help develop them. Because the biggest thing that Treaty needed this year was stability off the field, because that'll help with on the field. And I think he's brought a lot of that to him. Just listening to him, listening to him only, it only helps you bode well for, for, for things down the line for Treaty. Absolutely. And I think Sunday's game could be potentially another point or maybe even three for them. I think it's a fairly even game against Sligo. Sligo with his favourites, but Treaty, uh, watch this space. They could pull off a, a bit of a shock on, on Sunday. They've uh, battled well with them in the first two games this season. But another game that I think is going to be really tight next week is actually the clash of Galway and DLR. And we're lucky enough to be joined by one of the people who will be featured in that. And that's midfielder for DLR, Mia Dodd. And she joins us now. Mia, you're very welcome to the programme. Thanks very much for having me. Um, listen, uh, first of all, thanks for coming on. I know it was a bit last minute uh, getting you on the, the show tonight, but uh, thanks for coming on and keeping us company for the next 10 or 15 minutes or so. But I suppose from your own point of view, um, we talked at the start of the season about how DLR uh, could have the potential to maybe challenge that top four, top three spot. It hasn't quite worked out for you in that respect. What's been your thoughts from uh, having joined the club at the start of the year? Obviously, when we first, when I first came, what we set out to do was to get top four, break into the top three, top four. Obviously, it hasn't went that way for us, but overall, I think the performances have been good. Like if you look at the balls game, the weekend gone, I thought, or the weekend before that, sorry, I thought we played very well. It's just the end product we didn't like, we haven't produced. So I think that's what's been letting us down the most. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that, especially in the Bows game, because you look at just even the chances they had, they just couldn't finish them. But this year for you, me, it's it's really it's been a really important year. You've sat on the, the fringes of the Shelburne team for the last couple of years, now decided to make the move across the DLR and playing regular, how important has that been? That's one of the main reasons why I did decide to leave Shells. I was focusing on myself, really. And coming to Waves this year, obviously, the start of the season, I did have COVID, it put me back a bit, and then the injuries, but... I've gotten to play a lot more regularly and I feel like it's helped me a lot. Yeah, you've managed to get the score sheet five times this season. Uh, uh, you must be happy with that from midfield. It's, it's kind of nice to to contribute in that way to, for the team. Yeah, obviously it's good to help the team and it's been a personal goal for me as well to try add more goals and assists and hopefully to keep on, keep on coming. But <laughs> Breath, Breath, you have to la I have to laugh. You said you scored five goals, but yeah, you didn't mention you scored some absolute screamers as well. Some of them, some of them were, were, were absolute peach, peach of finishes. But is, is, is it just the fact that playing more has given you the confidence to go and you know try these things that maybe you wouldn't have tried in previous seasons when you've been coming off the bench for Shelburne? I feel like when I'm starting games, I have I feel like I've more trust. In me. Like it's coming from Grammy as the trust in me, and I'm doing the best I can to deliver as much as possible for him. To pay back to him, it's like him having to trust me is giving me more and more confidence. 
what's been the major change between the two, I suppose, coming out of that Shells camp for the last couple of seasons now into a new environment? You've got to prove yourself a little bit, and obviously you've done that, making your way into the team, but um, what's been the biggest change for you or the big differences between the two teams? I think when you're with Shells, you're kind of more expected to win games. So it's kind of a different challenge with Waves. We've kind of, some games we've been the underdogs, we haven't been expected to win. We've obviously shot, like when we beat Shells, it was classed as a shocked result, but I thought we played very well that day and deserved to win. Like we went close when the P Mount game the first time up there, like the 3 1, I think, and the 3 1. I thought we played very well, especially in the second half, and we probably deserved even a point out of that game. So we have put in the performances, it's just the results going against us at the end of it. Two things I want to pick up. I want to pick up on the payment one in a second. But do you think some people thought that you moving to DLR was a bit of a risk? And how much is Paymount being an, abs- an absolute pain in the backside this season? Because you can see it twice against them really late when you've been winning. Oh, <laughs> them ones are the killer ones. <laughs> you're getting into the last five minutes in the game. You're trying to hang on. But when you're playing Paymount, you, you can see it when you're watching them. They do dig deep and they will try no matter what to get the winner. In terms of the standard across the league, obviously you've been around for a couple of seasons now, so you've watched the, the standards develop. But now we're seeing teams at the at the lower end of the table um, really competing. At Lone have been a revelation this season. Even Slidewalk managed a couple of, of decent results. They beat Wexford, they beat Shells this season as the new girls in the league. Um, that leveling out of the standard, is that is that something that you think is a good, a good thing for the league? That now you go into any game... Not really knowing if you're going to win or lose compared to maybe two years ago. Yeah, definitely. Like if you look at alone, two seasons ago they only started. They're up in the top four now in an FAI Cup final. It's a credit to them and their club. They've been unbelievable this season. I've said it before. They're probably the toughest team this season I've played against. They're just physically and mentally, they've been unbelievable. It's a credit to them and the club. Since you mentioned Athlone, watching on as a neutral. If Athlone get a result this weekend, three games to go in the National League, four teams within three points, what would it be like to, you know, considering DLR could be somebody who would have a massive say in who wins the Women's National League this season? If you look where last year as well, obviously I was with Shells, but DLR had a massive part to play in it as well. I think it was the second last game of the season, they had P-Mount away and they got a draw and that put it down to the last day then. So you can see the competition in the league has grown every year and it's just... It's going, it's going to keep growing as the years go on. What do you put that down to, though? Is it just the pool of players getting a bit bigger coming through the underage academies, or or is it just players getting better? I think all around, like, there's more effort going into it. Like, obviously, the coaching side, they are getting better coaches in. People know more about it. Like, even the publicity, it's just, it's helping it a lot. Everything getting put into it is just pushing them all forward. And how do you find being on TG Kahar when you're when you're seeing the, the big cameras around? Does it give an extra buzz or does it give extra nerves? It's known, it's more publicity, like there's more eyes on you, like <laughs> it is more pressure in fairness. In terms of the, the success of the national team, of course, as well, that's bringing more eyeballs to the game and hopefully that'll come back. We saw Katie McCabe at the weekend, 47,000 people at the Emirates watching her play for Arsenal. Um how long do you think it'll be before we're seeing regular crowds? I know we'd seven or eight hundred at the Shells Bowl semi-final at the weekend, but is that realistic that a club like DLR might have that in the bowl? Uh, maybe even outshining what the men's team are bringing in for home games. 
I think more like it's more down to the results. Like if we keep bringing the like if we get more results and keep getting wins, it will draw people out to watch. And the games are getting more competitive. Why wouldn't you want to go out and watch the women's game? I think the biggest thing you'll notice, especially from last weekend, Brefany, is that there were so many of players from other clubs who weren't involved were in Tolga Park. It's the same week in, week out when players aren't playing. But in term in terms of just yourself, Mia. This season could have gone very differently for you. Um, I remember watching you in the bowl against Cork. Did you feel your season was over when you went down injured? When I went down, I was thinking, because i done my MCL in August last year when I was with Shell, so, and I was out for two months probably. And I was hoping, like at the, that time, it felt just as sore. So I was fearing that I could be out for much longer than I was. But thankfully I wasn't, so thank God for that. In terms of, I suppose, the, the weekend, obviously, Galway, um, the opposition this weekend, reasonably level between you uh, over the last couple of games. There's not been much between you, really. Um, what's the expectation going into that? Is this a chance maybe to, to kickstart a, a new last section of the of the league and kind of build a bit of momentum going into the end of the season? Yeah, I feel like the momentum has been good. Like, we performed well in the Bows game. Obviously, we didn't get the results, but then again... Galway losing to Cork in the last game, they'd be looking to get back on, get a win on Chi. So it will be a tough game, but we will give it our all and hopefully get the win at the end of it. You look at you look at the difference. Even yourself and Bowes are level on points, and, and Galway are just three points ahead. So it's a massive opportunity, even just with the with the week with the weekend ahead, to potentially leapfrog them. That's there. There's four games left. There are four massive games for everyone. Like if we push on and win the next four games, it does push us up the table at the same time. So all we can do is put, put as much effort in as we can and hopefully get the results. Can you give us any secrets ahead of the weekend? Any players in? Anything that you can tell us from, from training that you'd like go with no ahead of time? No, I keep that quiet. <laughs> keep Dana playing up front, maybe. Just uh, can confuse them completely. Probably um, corner as well. <laughs> in terms of your own, I suppose, ambitions... Obviously, you've moved to, to DLR to get regular football. That's been, thankfully uh, for yourself, it's been a thing for you this season. You've, you've performed well. What's the plan, medium to long term? Are you looking to maybe develop at DLR any international ambitions? Is that something that's realistic in the back of your mind? Obviously, I want to keep pushing on and getting better as the years go on. And if Waves can help me do that, great. Like, I've enjoyed this season the main thing, obviously, as well, was to get back and join my football and ways have helped me do that a lot. And the international side, when you do look at the midfielders in there, it'd be an unbelievable achievement to go in there. But obviously, it's a tough job to do, but I will keep trying as hard as I can anyway. <laughs> do you take any inspiration from, I know you're you're very good friends with Jess Sue. do you take much inspiration from the fact of what she's done in the last year to get a move abroad? When I've seen the work she's put in, she there's no one who deserves the more, to be honest. She's put so much work in to go over there and she's doing well and I'm honestly couldn't be happier for her. Yeah, it's been a, a, a lightning journey from a lot of girls from the underage ranks right into the the um the, the international scene and into the WSL as well. Um but for us at the moment we're looking at the Irish thing. What's your predictions for the, the rest of the, the season? Obviously currently sitting a couple of points behind Galway. You play them at the weekend, four games left. You do have the, the capacity maybe to get up to that I think fifth place position is probably as high realistically as you're going to close the gap. Um is that kind of where you have to get to this year? 
I think we like we can do it. There's no saying we can't. And the ambition would be to finish. Obviously, now it's probably too late to break into the top four, top three, but top five to finish that from the position we're in now, it's it'd be good enough at the moment. Yeah, of course, Bowles and uh, Galway will have plenty to say about that over the next four weeks. Just don't forget, though, Brefney, I think I think Bowles and Galway still have to play each other as well. So, you know, there's, there's more, there's a mix in between them where they're all going to they're all gonna drop points against each other. Bowles have at loan as well left, and while uh, DLR have the one massive one against Shelburne, which would probably be the, the interesting one. I know that game potentially may be on TG Carr, so that's another opportunity for them to get a, a nice scalp on, on television. Absolutely, plenty of action to come. But Mia, listen, the best luck to you and your teammates at the weekend. Thanks very much for joining us. A little bit last minute, but uh, <laughs> you did uh, admirably as well. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks very much at the weekend. Thank you. Cheers, Mia. Mia Dodd there. Um, like you can't deny she's she's done really really well this season. She made the move, as she said herself, to to get first team football. She's managed to do that. Five five strikes this season on target in the back of the net and. Um, it's been a, a good signing, I think, for DLR in, in what hasn't been a fantastic year for them. I think it was a bright move, realistically, because you look at what was going to depart Shelburne and what has since departed Shelburne. She could have potentially held on and tried to ride her luck out and see does she get that break into Shelburne midfield. But she said no, she wasn't willing to to sit around for another six months to a year to try and see what's going to be there for her. And I think. She probably she's right when she got the injury last year. She was she was starting to get a bit of an opportunity for them, but making the move to to DLR, I think it's been a good move for her. I think it's it's been a positive because she's she's got to play regular football. I think that was the most important thing for her. like no doubt it was a risk. It was risky because if it didn't go well at DLR after being involved in like Shelburne, you're sort of you're sort of in limbo. But thankfully for for Mia's, situ Mia's situation, it hasn't. She's played quite regularly and. You can see at times she's she's been a, a good linchpin in that midfield and, and played some absolutely superb passes and and, and, and good link up play with the forwards. She is right in what she says though about the end product. That's probably been DLR's biggest Achilles heel this year. They've had chances to just haven't put them away. They've either just taken shots on shots from distance or had had just swipes at stuff when when they probably could have worked things a little bit better. I think from them they probably be they'll probably be disappointed with with the way the season has gone but if they can finish strong and, and get that fifth place they'll they'll have to just they'll have to settle they'll have to settle for that and be happy enough that considering where where the season has gone to where they finish absolutely well listen and uh, we'll come back and talk about the deal or Galway game as all the other results or the fixtures over the weekend as well in just a couple of moments but first of all maybe let's have a look at uh, the results from last weekend just two games played as we mentioned at the top of the show uh, at loan they reached their first FAI Women's Cup final with a fantastic 3-0 win over uh, Wexford Youths uh, a Madison Gibson hat-trick um, and some fantastic efforts in those. We'll talk about that in a moment. But first, Shells and Bows, the Dublin Derby, great crowd in Talca. Um, it could have gone either way, but it was a Shells penalty from Pearl Slattery that. Uh, that Noel Murray. So Noel Murray, apologies, uh, that sealed the deal in the end. Um, first things first, your thoughts on the game, and then maybe the penalty. Was it as clear cut as it looked? I was I was over that I was over that side, but I was behind that goal, but I was over the other side and straight away I thought it was a penalty. I thought Michelle O'Neill and, and Neil Doyle took quite a while to actually give it. And for me I thought they weren't going to give it. And I started like, if you don't give this, there'll be absolute war. Like no, I was talking to someone in the ball in the ball's back room after the team, and Neve 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 said there was contact between them. It was a penalty for me. The only thing they'd have to, from my angle, I was I was sort of just wondering, was it inside or just outside? Was that what they were debating about? 
but there was no doubt it was the foul and Noel calmly slotted at home. The only thing I will say on this game, while it was a quite emotionally charged game for both sides, they both wanted to make the cup final, neither goalkeeper really had to do an awful lot, which was disappointing. They sort of cancelled each other out in the final third and it was one of them that it was a, it was a, it was more of a cup cup semi-final that had to be won rather than somebody going and grabbing it by the scruff of the neck and putting in a dominant display. But it just shows this every time the sides have played this this season, they've been close bar once in, in daily event when, when Shells ran out comfortable three nil winners. They've either been one nil, one nil or else a one all draw. So they've they've always been close games and it was to be expected in another one. Like I know from speaking to people within within Shells uh, the, the runner results obviously had them a bit concerned for the previous weeks, but it was one of the games that they just wanted to get back up, get a, get over that hurdle. And I think the fact that they, they've managed to do it, I think may, may step them, stem them in, in good stead for, for, for what's to come. And if they'd have lost that game, probably their season may have, may have completely capitulated even further to what it has done. But from a bowers point of view, making a cup, cup semi-final at the start of the year, you'd have to be really, really happy with that. But how 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 they went out on Saturday, I think they'll be extremely disappointed. Like there's there's two chances I think of straight away when I think of Bowes. It's Eva Robinson had a header had a header and she also had a strike that she blazed over from close range. If either of them hit the net, it's probably it could be a different game for the last twenty minutes. And it's it, it was a game of fine margins. The only the only thing I will say is neither side really has a an out and out striker at the moment who's gonna bang you in a lot of a lot of goals. So it was always gonna be nip and tuck and Shells probably just deserved to edge you, but Bowes were good in the game. Yeah, you caught up with the captain of Shells after the game, Pearl Salary. Uh, it's a little bit hard to hear at this, folks, so apologies if you can't quite hear what she's saying. Uh, the the music in the uh, talking park, a bit too loud after the final whistle. But here's Aaron having a chat with Pearl Slattery after the game. Slattery, they say cup, cup semi-finals are just about winning. A 1-0 victory against Bowes. Someone up for us. Yeah, look, we're delighted. We knew it would be a tough game. Um, Bowes were coming in in good form. And look, I think people wrote us off a little bit, um, having a look at a few things during the week. Go, look, we'll never write ourselves off. We really just wanted to focus. Look, could leave the, the league aside for a while and, and just focus on today. And look, I think the first half was really good performance out of us. And then in fairness to Bowes, they came into it the second half, which, you know, we expect our 1-0 down. But I think, as you said, it's cup final now. You just want to win it. Clean sheet, win it wherever way you can. So we're delighted. Was it nice for the fact that you did have that bit of a break from the league after the last couple of weeks? Yeah, look, the league is the league, isn't it? There's going to be plenty of ups and downs there. And, you know, we went on, we had many highs at the start and now we're in a bit of a dip. But other teams have faced those dips as well. But I still think, look, a lot of football to be played. But yeah, it was nice. It's always nice. The cup is brilliant. It's always a great day out for the club, for the girls, for their families. You want to get there. And we knew, look, at Dublin Derby, it wasn't going to be easy. But as I said, every game we come into, we trust ourselves, we trust their game, and I think the girls put on a great performance. It wasn't pretty at times, but we took a 1-0. A massive crowd as well. Yeah, it was brilliant. I heard the shout, it was over 700. So look, fair play to everyone. I mean, you know, all the coverage it's getting on TG Car and League of Ireland TV is great, but we really want people down in the stadium at the seats. So fair, fair play to both sets of fans today. Uh, yeah, sorry for the loudness of that as well. But in terms of, uh, I don't know which is worse, the volume that the music was at or the ch- song choice, both disastrous. <laughs> They're trying to do it after match interview. Yeah, they were, I wouldn't mind, before the game, they were playing songs that so you'd more be accustomed to in daily amount as well, just to try and keep the, the fans. And it was actually a record crowd for a women's game in talk, a women's game in Talca Park, which, considering they offered free, free, free every season to go as a members, 
you know, they, they're glad to see they got a, a decent crowd, but it was, it was, she's right in what she said, it was one of them, it's just about winning, but interesting enough, she actually made, Pearl made her 150th appearance for Shelburne at the weekend, considering she had many seasons with Rohini United, it's a massive achievement to, to get 150 with, with, with Shells, considering the couple of years with Rohini, and I think it just shows testament that the league has a lot of great players who, who've come along and played be, playing there consistently. You look at even the likes of Kylie Murphy as well, over 200 now, I think, at this at this stage. Yeah, it's it's a phenomenal achievement at this level because don't, remember, don't forget, these girls don't play as many games in, in this league as the men's league do, so it takes you those extra seasons to get up to that level. Uh, the other semi-final, of course, Wexford went into it as favourites, but two minutes in, uh, Madison Gibson scored the first of her hat-trick uh, with a phenomenal effort from long range. And after that, it just seemed to be all at loan. Um, definitely on the score sheet, Wexford had chances, didn't quite take them, couldn't quite find the back of the net, hit the post, did all sorts of things. But really, it was the Madison Gibson show on, on Saturday. Uh, she topped off a fine team performance from at loan. I've been doing a bit of digging into Madison Gibson the last couple of days just to have a look about. I had a look through her social media just to see where she played before. Like she played for Gentry Universities, who Wexford Youth would have played in the Champions League. So she's played at quite a high level before or uh, coming to Athlone. And she's just come in there. And it's nearly a case of you look at the score she every week. It's nearly always Madison Gibson, Madison Gibson, Madison Gibson. And it's constant there. And that's the thing about it. It's not a case that she's just scoring once in a blue minute. But she's come in there and she's she's probably taking a bit of the pressure off the likes of Emily Corbett as well to give that opportunity for the likes of them to just be able to play. But she had another superb performance. And you're right, some cracking goals as well. I did think that Athlone would get over the line against Wexford. But if you'd asked me would Athlone win 3 0, I'd, I'd have laughed at you and said, No way. I said, They might win 1 0 or they might win 2 1. But to, to win 3 0 against, against Wexford Utes is, is a massive statement of intent. Like you look at earlier in the season when they went on that great run and they had the great wins over the likes of P Mount, they'd never backed it up against another big side the next time they played them. They'd always won. So they beat P Mount, then the next time they played a big side, they played Wexford, they lost. Where they played Shelburne last week in the league, and then they play Wexford this week, and then they they backed it up with with two great performances in a row. Like from from a Tommy Hewitt's standpoint, what more can you ask for to be in a cup, to be in a cup final, an opportunity to play live on RTE games? The couple of games they're getting shown on TG Cahar as well, and I think their game this weekend as well as on TG Cahar against Wexford, and like things are just rolling and they're rolling in in Athlone and. I think that it's the one word I've said on this show quite a lot. It's momentum. And that's all that they seem to get. And they're a hard team to stop when, when they get a momentum. And you even heard Don saying earlier, they're a tough side to play. Absolutely. And even now, I know we, we put out a tweet. We cover a lot of Leitrim GA. Obviously, that's where Final Whistle is based. And uh, Myrna Vanny played centre midfield for Athlone on Saturday. Uh, in that performance, Sunday morning, 11 o'clock, uh, she scored 3-3 to put her team into the, the championship final here in Leitrim as well. So... Um, yeah, just a, a really good collection of, of players and, and and they've gelled really well under Tommy. So interesting to see what they have ahead. But first of all, of course, they have a repeat. They host Wexford this weekend again. 3-0 last week. If they manage to repeat that victory at the weekend, they're going to blow this title race completely wide open. The six points between the top four at the moment. This could potentially have a situation, as you mentioned earlier in the show, where only three points separates the top four with three games to play, and they all have to play each other as well. It really could be anybody's league title this year. Like you, you just look at that. It's 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 madness. Like Wexford, Wexford will still have at the P Mount and Shelburne. 
Um, like Pima, uh, I think will have the best of the run, the best of the run-ins from from the sides, and they could really blow it up, blow it apart. Even even a a point at the weekend for a point at the weekend will will make a massive difference for for the other for the Piedmont and Shelburne's. But if Athlone can get that result again, it'll be it'll be unbelievable. Like the biggest thing we're talking about is Athlone have won fourteen games this season. Uh, we last season I think the last season they'd only won I think they only won three. The season before they'd won less, and you don't know how many how where the ceiling is and i think that's the biggest thing and i wouldn't be surprised if they do get the three points again on on saturday to really blow blow the league apart and i think they've learned an awful lot from that shelburne one all draw in talker park where they gave the late penalty away they've learned from that and they're 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 in a, a much stronger position now and that'd be the one one game that i think everybody everybody be focused on to see what does happen but like so there is some other cracking toys. We, we talked to Don about the treaty game, but even looking at the the, the P-Mount Bowes game, P-Mount haven't P-Mount only taken a point off Bowes in the two meetings so far this season. For them, it's really important to get the three points at, at home in, in PRL Park, and like it's 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 a weekend where we could have a couple of surprises, but I would expect the likes of Shells to come out come out on top. But the Galway Athlone, the Galway DLR game is the one where it's another pick'em and. It's the great thing about the weekend. We'll be sitting down to watch the results, not know the, the fixtures and not know what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm just having a quick look here at the fixtures to come in. Like at Lone's run in is uh, Wexford. They also have to, um, they're home to Galway, away to Bowes, and away to Treaty. So you could genuinely see them being competitive in every single one of those games and potentially picking up 12 points. And that's going to put it up to everybody else because P Mountain Shells have to, P Mountain Shells both have to play Wexford uh, in before the end of the season. Um, back to back, back to back. So the second last day of the season, Piedmont hosts Wexford. Then the last day of the season, Wexford hosts Shells. So yeah. yeah, it's it's just one of them that it's a it's an absolute car crash in terms of a of, of an ending. But it's great. And the, the funny thing is, it's a repeat of last year because you look at last year, we'd got we'd got Wexford with Shelburne and Wexford in in Talca Park the last day of the season, and this season it's it's it's, a, it's again going to come. It could potentially come down to that game, but like. The great thing is we're not talking about a potential two-horse race, or we're not talking about the league could be one with three games to go. Like you look at la- you look at last year it was it was sort of a case with P- with P Mount is when when they beat Shelburne five nil they, they they went on and dropped a lot of points after that game where Shells didn't. Where now we're talking about if results go the way they potentially could go this weekend with four teams in a women's national league title race. We've never had that. Well, I think we already have four teams in the Women's League. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out. Let's maybe look at some of the fixtures individually over the weekend. Uh, we'll start with the, the one we mentioned earlier with uh, with Mia is Galway versus DLR. For me, it's probably, other than the Athlone-Wexford um, game, it's probably the tightest game of the weekend. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I think so. And if you, especially if you look at... Uh, like- both sides have have really struggled to get wins in recent weeks. I think for Galway after the new the news that come out and then they lost the cork that the confidence could be a little bit low. But DLR waves they'll feel they left they left the result against Bowes behind and it's going to be a really really tight game. And I think for that one it could be a case of who scores first wins and it could be a, a close one nil one nil win either side. Shells and Cork hard to look past the home side here. It is, but. The, the problem is, is Cork have got that win. Danny Murphy says they'll be they'll be raring to go, and shells shells can't afford to not be firing on full, all full cylinders. I thought Leo Leary last week making her first start for them was, was superb, and on the on the left flank, and Abby Larkin on the right was very good. And I think shells will need them 
to be really, really foreign. I think if Shells can get an early goal, early goal or two, they could win it comfortably. But the problem is with Shells is if Shells are still in the game at nil all at 60 minutes, that's when, when things potentially don't go their way. Yeah, we've talked for Atlanta about Atlone and Wexford already this evening, but Piedmont hosts Bowes at second Dublin Derby on the bounce for Bohemians. They've really been impressive in recent weeks, uh, even in recent months this season. They've really been competitive in these type of games. Could we see uh, Bohemians uh, taking on the scalp this this weekend against Bowes? Could could we or against Piedmont? Could we see Piedmont knocked out of that title race uh, by Bohemians? Nothing short of a win, and they're gone pretty much for them. And I think James O'Callaghan and Cole will know that. I think they'd be really up for this game, Pimo, considering they haven't taken the, the win against Bowers this season. And you look at you look at the first game; it was a a late equal, a, a late penalty in the second half that gave the equalizer. They didn't look like scoring in Pimo, and then it was two late goals when they played in in Daily Mount. It was two goals in the second half when they played in Daily Mount for Becca Cook after Pimo had led. So Pimo to sort of be disappointed with the performance. I think for Bowers, it's a great opportunity to bounce back from the cup. And I think their mindset this season is completely different. If it was last year, you'd have probably said this is a foregone Piedmont conclusion after a cup loss, but I don't think it is. And I think it could be tight. I think I think Piedmont, Piedmont will have to will have to be on full song because if they're not both good, turn them over. Yeah, I do think the experience Piedmont have should be enough to get them the win on, on uh, Saturday. But you never know. As I said, Bowes have been a very impressive this season. And it's uh, maybe a change on the guard in Dublin if Bowes go the whole season without losing to Piedmont. That's a that's a pretty big uh it's a pretty big feather in their cap, to be fair, given where the clubs were twelve months ago. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's the same it's like it's the same thing we say with, with the changing of the guard with the likes of Athlone. They've never beaten any of the top four sides. They never got a result against any of the top three sides before this season and they're getting them, and I think that's the, the most important thing this year that we're getting results against these all these sides, and it bodes well for the league. But to be honest with you, I actually forgot the Treaty United and Sligo Treaty was on Sunday, so that gives us an extra little bonus for Sunday for Sunday afternoon football. Yeah, no, of course that game in the Showgrounds moved because Sligo play at home with their men's team on um, on Saturday nights at seven thirty. Personally, I would have liked to have seen them both happen on the same day. You could have comfortably played the game at two o'clock. Everyone out by five, and then the men come in. It, I think it would have been nice, but I understand the politics as well in terms of not cutting up the pitch or not ha- not risking the pitch cutting up if it's a bad day uh, ahead of the, the senior men's game. Um, but Saturday afternoon, they host trading. We talked to Don about it earlier in the show. Um, I think these teams are very much, uh, despite the, the gap between them on the league table, I think Sligo have, have been inconsistent. And what we've seen of them in, in recent weeks they win as favourites, but only just. Is that fair to say? Yeah, probably. And especially if you look back to the performance in particular, the, the Shelburne performance from Treaty, I thought defensively they were superb. At times they they had Shelburne in a bit of a conundrum that Shelburne didn't really know what, know what was going, what to do at times and got them extremely frustrated. And they looked to try and break an awful lot. Like from when I seen Treaty earlier in the season to, to when I seen them then, massive improvements, massive strides taken and as Don said, the last month has been big for them. The result in Wexford, although it was a loss, would be massive confidence for for them because considering the amount of goals he would have shipped, and they'll go into that thinking that they have they've got a chance. But for Sligo Rovers, I think it's been a tough one considering they were they were we were looking at them. Could they catch the likes of Bowes and and DLR? And then they sort of just slipped back a little bit. And it's as you say, it's peered out being inconsistent. I wouldn't be surprised if Treaty do get a point though. Yeah, Sligo, of course, had 19 points on the league table. Uh, at the midway point of the table, they're still on 19 points. They'll be disappointed with the last maybe third of the season so far. And as we go into the run-in, they've got some big games left. So this could be the last opportunity for both sides. 
to get um, have a realistic chance of, of adding points to the table. But then, as we've seen before, uh, facing Wexford or Shells doesn't seem to phase these Sligo girls. They're well capable of getting a result against those teams. They've done it in the past. Who's to say they won't do it away from home as well in a couple of weeks' time? Uh, Aaron, that's pretty much it for the week. If you had to put your neck on the line uh, four weeks out from the end of the season, who's winning the league? I wish I could. I actually genuinely wish I could tell you, but I'm going. I'm going to say this from the heart. I would love to see Athlone do it. From the heart, I'd love to. I'd it's love funny. to see it. I, I don't like the style of play Athlone play, but I like what they're doing. If that makes sense, and I, I don't mean that as, as to be a backhanded compliment to Athlone. I, I really am impressed with the with the performances they've put in. Style of football wouldn't be for me, but they're getting results, and at this level, that's all that matters. Yeah. I think I think the run in is going to be key. If they beat Wexford the weekend, they're if my they, favorite. If they beat if they beat Wexford the weekend, as you say, they've they've three games where you'd fancy them to get nine points. So, yeah. and can you can can you realistically say that Shells are going to pick up nine points? No. Can you say that Wexford are going to pick up nine points? No. Can you say that Piedmont will pick up nine? No. So the only thing I will. The one thing I will say is, right, don't rule out another playoff. That's true. But I think the way the, the – I think I think it's either going to be Shell – if Wexford do, lose at the weekend, I think it's Shells or Athlone. P-Mount would need a, a – even though they're there, they would need everything to go in their way. They'd need other teams to drop points. But I think uh, Athlone would be my favourites if they beat uh, – amazingly, I can't believe I'm saying that, but Athlone, if they win at the weekend, they put themselves in prime position. I think Shells would technically be – uh, the favourite team at that point, they'd be the ones with it in their control because of who they play. But uh, but at long, what, what if Shells, Shells have got what DLR and DLR and Wexford in two of the last three games? Like they're the two, they're two of the games. You the, the DLR game in particular, that's one game you wouldn't want. You'd be you'd be looking for some an easier touch yeah. than a, than a DLR. Yeah, well, listen, as we said, it's so exciting to be a fan of the league, to be covering the league, and to be kind of looking forward to the next couple of weeks. As these teams go into what's going to be a really exciting, I hope it's going to be a really exciting close. We say all this now. Wexford will be at load at the weekend. Everyone else drops points and it gets league over on Saturday evening. And we'll be getting texts from Wexford this week. Not just I, I told you so. <laughs> but listen, uh, it's exciting. We're neutrals coming into this for the most part. I know you have you have your own personal favourites, uh, but I, I I'm so excited about the next few weeks. It's going to be exciting to see what happens. Thanks to everyone for joining us. To Donna Reardon, a manager of Treaty, who joined us at the start of the show, and Mia Dodd, who was with us from DLR. Uh, that's it for another week. Aaron, uh, don't miss me too much. We'll talk to you next week.